true. So true this morning that God is truly making all things new. And I want to say, tell all of you, Happy Easter. It is so good to see everybody. All right. And it's, uh, we've had such an amazing day already. Amazing moments last night. We had a chance to baptize 50 plus people at 7.30 in our polar bear baptism moment outside. It was cold, but it was glorious and great. A moment ago on the screen, you saw some of our creative arts folks painting words on a canvas. And as I was watching that canvas, I was thinking about you and even thinking about myself, and I was just wondering, what, which of those words were you connecting with? Which of those words were kind of resonating with you? What, what, what words were on that canvas behind me a moment ago um, that, that reflected maybe some pain from your past? Or maybe a, a deep regret from a poor decision? Or... or maybe shame and betrayal from some kind of harmful behavior or, or lies that, that, that maybe someone else spoke into your life or, or a devastation, devastation from a toxic relationship or maybe even an, an addiction or a hang-up, something that, that has just enslaved you, a sinful habit that's just enslaved you for years and years and years. And sometimes, you know, when you look in the mirror... And all you see is this reflection that is described with words like this. Life can be empty. Life can feel very hopeless. But I want to tell you something this morning. There's good news. There's good news. Easter, because of Easter, there is hope. Because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can have hope that these things that have for so long defined you and that have maybe have driven the course of your life, they can be transformed into a brand new creation. Today, we are celebrating the resurrection of our Savior and our King and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus went to the cross. He died the died to, for the penalty of sin of all mankind. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he, he rose from the dead to conquer sin and death once and for all. And that same power that raised Jesus to life is the same power that can resurrect and redeem and transform every dimension of your life, even the things that you thought were completely, un, that were completely broken and unchangeable. You can change. There is hope. You can become a masterpiece, a new creation, all things have truly been made new. In John chapter 4, there is this story about this woman. Jesus has an encounter with this woman that we know as the woman at the well. And she's a woman that has lost all hope. When we meet her, it's noontime in a very small Samaritan village. She has come by herself in the heat of day to fetch water. Not the best time of the day to fetch water. Matter of fact, it's probably not the best time to even be outside. The sun has most likely reached its hottest point, and it is ruthlessly beating down upon her. She could have chosen a cooler time of the day, I mean, but, but that would have meant the possibility of having to face the other women in the village. You see, this woman, this woman is the town's local bad girl. She's been married five times, and she is currently living with another man that she's not married to. And I'm quite sure that that she has 
quite a reputation in town. I'm sure that she has been the center of gossip for the other women in the town. For, I mean, listen, five times she has tried to start over. Five times she has tried to build a new life. And now she has given up on marriage. She has given up on happiness. She has given up on hope. To actually live with a man that you're not married to in this culture would have not just been a sin, it would have been a death sentence. But this woman appears to have embraced her lot as an outcast. She's obviously learned to live without hope. And it's heartbreaking to admit, but, but, but this woman, she's not unique. She's not alone in, in, in reaching this point of hopeless, hopelessness. After too many disappointments, after too many letdowns, it can happen to anyone. After a while, you, you may begin to feel like there is simply no chance of a new beginning for you. However, I want you to know the Bible has something to say about this state of hopelessness and this state of emptiness. God's word gives us incredible hope today. The Bible speaks of a brand new beginning, a fresh start. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The Greek word for new creation, that phrase is the word Katesis. And it means that if someone has come to Jesus and they have repented of their sins and they have believed that he is the Son of God and they have put their faith and their trust in him alone to save them of their sins, then they are in Christ. And a person that is in Christ is a new Kathesis. They are a brand new creation. And a new creation means that you have been recreated. You have a new quality. You have been made a brand new person inside. You have a brand new life. And new birth is not just an instantaneous miracle. It kicks off a lifelong process of transformation where through the power of the Holy Spirit, everything begins to change. Old things are passed away. Old ideas, old lives, old values, old desires, old habits, old beliefs, they're all replaced by new things because new things are accompanied by salvation. And so when Paul says, behold, the new has come, it means a past act with, with continuing results. God is continuing to make all things new. He is continuing to plant new desires and new loves and new habits and new values and new truths inside these new creations so they can live in the midst of the old creation with a new creation perspective. And as that perspective is nourished and as it's developed, it helps those who are true followers of Jesus Christ to gain victory over sin and over temptation and over a, an old way of living. We are actually being transformed into the very image of Jesus Christ. You say, how in the world does that happen? Well, the Apostle Paul talks about it in verse 14. He says, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for, the, for their sake died and was raised. The Bible says that all of this is possible because a sacrifice was made. One man, out of love for all of us, made a once and for all sacrifice for sin, if you remember in the Old Testament, thousands and thousands and thousands of animals were sacrificed for sin. But the Bible in the book of Hebrews tells us that it is impossible for the blood of goats and bulls to take away sin. 
So one man had to die for all sin. A payment for sin was made once and for all so that all would have the opportunity to receive forgiveness and redemption for sin. So that all would have an opportunity to become a brand new creation. This morning, we celebrated baptism. Baptism is a beautiful picture of what the Bible is describing here. Baptism is a symbolic picture of what has taken place in a believer's life at the moment that that person becomes a Christian, a new creation. Your old life dies and it is buried in death just as Jesus died and was buried in a tomb. And then you are raised up out of the water just as Jesus was raised up out of the grave. And there you stand. There you stand as a new creation. It's a picture that the old has gone and the new has come. And this woman, this woman at Jacob's well, as she approaches the well, she notices that there's a man standing there. He's at the well as well. And and I'm sure that when she got closer to the well, she, she saw him, she probably hesitated a bit. I'm sure she wanted to turn back, but she desperately needed water. I'm sure that she hoped that, that Jesus would just ignore her, not say a word to her, but that's not what happens here. He actually asks her for some water. Now listen, you need to understand that what is going on here is totally, it was totally against the etiquette of the times. First of all, she was a woman. Men did not speak to women in public, especially if her husband or father were not present at the time. She was also a Samaritan, a Samaritan woman. Remember, Jesus was a Jew. He was a Jewish rabbi. And the Jews and the Samaritans felt about the same way as the Jews and the Palestinians feel about each other today. There was deep hatred. There was deep resentment between these two groups of people. And beside that, she was living in sin. Nobody would have been speaking to her anymore, not even the other women in town. This woman was a mess. She was a messy woman. To the religious people of the day, she was everything that was wrong with society. Culturally speaking, Jesus should have not been speaking to this woman. And this woman, she even acknowledges that, but Jesus speaks to her anyways. You say, why? Because nothing, not gender, not race, not even sin can stand in the way of God's grace. And in a beautiful act of grace, sitting at Jacob's well, Jesus offers her water. He offers her living water, the only thing that can actually quench a person's thirst and provide eternal life. Listen to what he says to her. He says, everyone who drinks of this water, talking about the well, he says, he said, they're, they're, they will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 3 Jeremiah describes the Lord as a fountain of living water. And so Jesus is actually communicating to this woman, listen, I am the Messiah. I am the one that you have been longing for. He's exactly what she needs in her life. This woman desperately needs hope. She desperately needs a fresh start. She needs a new life, and Jesus is here offering it to her. And in verse 15, this woman She replies back to Jesus. She says to him, Sir, give me this water. Give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water again. Now listen, she doesn't understand what's happening here. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand what Jesus is talking about. And so 
Jesus decides to take it a step further and he gets a little bit personal with her. He tells her about her failed marriages. In a very loving way, he reminds her of her past and all of her failures and disappointments. He, he calls her out on her present and her past sins. And as he does, with each word, the door to her pain is forced open just a little bit more. And now she realizes what he's offering to her. He is offering her a brand new beginning, a rescue, a chance to make all things new. But the pain inside of her is way too much. I mean, she can't handle it. So, so what, what does she do? She sidesteps the issue. In her mind, she steps away from the offer, and she actually throws up a smoke screen between her and Jesus. She immediately changes the topic, and she tries to lure him into a popular debate that was going on back at the time about how the Jews worshipped and how the Samaritans worshipped. And so she... she, she lures him into into a debate about worship. She attempts to lure Jesus away from talking about her sin and from her present condition and even her past failures. It's never easy to be confronted with our sin, is it? It's never easy to walk into a moment, even if it's unexpected, and to be confronted with your failures or your disappointments or even the pain from your past. In fact, it's quite possible, like this woman to get to a place in our lives where we just decide, you know what, I'm just going to settle into my spiritual poverty. I'm just going to settle into this life without hope. I mean, it's even possible to to reject Jesus' offer of a new beginning. Because for some people, to hope again is a bit scary. If we hope again, then we might get disappointed again. If we try to start over once more, we we might just fall on our faces. I mean, what, what if all of a sudden we fail again? And however scary as it might be for you to think of of a new start and a new beginning, listen, that's exactly what the Bible is promising here this morning. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Listen to what the Bible says about this new creation in verse 17. It says, therefore, again, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And Paul goes on to say that all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, when we make a decision to allow Jesus Christ to become the Lord and the Savior of our lives and God begins this work of recreation inside of us, we are actually called to become his ambassadors. We're called to to be agents of hope to a world that is desperately and desperately struggling to find true hope. When we become new creations, we're, we're not just treated like naughty little children who all of a sudden who have apologized and God says, okay, now I'm going to isolate you over into this area, into this little bubble where you have no more contact with the world any longer. No, that's not what happens here. Instead, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are entrusted with the message of reconciliation. God empowers you to be his ambassador, to spread the good news of the gospel. Suddenly, our lives take on a new meaning and a new purpose. It means all of a sudden that your workplace, the ball field, your neighborhood, the community pool, your kids' playgroup, all of that becomes a place for you to share your story, to share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with others. We begin to see ourselves as ambassadors of the gospel to those places. 
Now I want you to see for a moment what happens to this woman when she has a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. Outwardly, she looks the same. I mean, her countenance may have changed a bit, but, but, but inwardly, spiritually, she is a brand new creation. All things have been made new, and she begins to change. She no longer sees herself as this hopeless social outcast because now she has been forgiven. She has been given a fresh, stu- fresh new start. Grace has been extended to her, and now she realizes that she has been entrusted with a message. She's been given incredible news. The Messiah has come. She has met him, and she has realized that God has reconciled her back to himself. And this woman who walked to this well probably with her head hung low in shame and in guilt, lonely without hope, trapped in her sinfulness, she drops her jar and she runs back to town. She runs back into the crowd and the Bible says that she begins to tell everyone she has met Jesus. She has had a life changing encounter with Jesus. All things have been made new. And look at what it says in in, in chapter 4, verse 20. It says, so the woman left her jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And the Bible says that they listened to what she said and they went out of the town and they were coming to him. And we get into verse 39, it said many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. Because of what she was sharing, that he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of this this word. And they said to this woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Listen, when we meet Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, as when we recognize that he is the Messiah, listen, we become new creations. The old person is gone. It's been recreated. It, it and it continues to be recreated. And our lives, all of a sudden, they are filled with a much deeper purpose and meaning than we ever, ever thought they could be. We become his ambassadors entrusted with a message that Jesus Christ has died for our sins. He has taken all of this messiness, all of the stuff that was on this canvas, all of the stuff that you feel in your heart, all of the sin that we continue to deal with, the sin from our past, the sin that's in our present. And he took it, and he took it to the cross, and he put it to death. And then three days later, he rose from the dead, conquering sin and conquering death, so that anyone, because of God's grace, could put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and receive his free gift of salvation. And because of that, we have been commissioned to be his ambassadors of this message. So my question for all of us this morning is, where does this message find you today? Where does this message find you? Maybe earlier when you looked at the words that were on this canvas or on the screen, maybe you saw your sin. You saw your challenge. You saw your struggle. And, and, you, and you know in your heart, listen, I continue to battle the flesh, the old self that you were before you met Jesus. 
But you also know that because of Jesus and because of his grace, there was a moment in your life when you became a new creation. You know that all things have truly been made new. And praise God, you also know that the same power that conquered the grave lives inside of you this morning. And so you're here this morning just celebrating what God has already done in your life. And here's my challenge to you. That's who you are. Go and tell others what God has done in your life. Listen, we've been called to be his ambassadors. We, we are, we're just like this woman. Maybe our story is not exactly the same, but we're just like her. We have been liberated from sin. We have been set free from the need to trust in ourselves. We've been set free from a life without hope. Things have been made right between us and God. We've been called to be ambassadors, agents of hope. The Bible calls us ministers of reconciliation, helping other people to find the same freedom in the new beginning that you have found. That's who you are this morning. And we're here to celebrate that. We're here to celebrate what God has done in our lives. He has made all things new. There's some of you that are here this morning and you have met the Messiah. You do remember a moment in your life where you can look back and you go, yes, there was a moment where I became a new creation, but you're struggling and feeling like you're in a losing battle. You're struggling with the ups and downs of battling sin, the battle that even the world throws at you. I mean, some of you are just battling the struggle of just you being you. It's called the flesh. And I mean, you're here this morning and it's just taking a toll on you. And maybe you just barely crawled in here this morning. Maybe it's been a long time since you've been in the presence of Jesus. Listen, the power of the gospel doesn't just apply to the moment of salvation, that moment where you confessed your sins and you repented of your sins and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus was God and that you received his salvation. Listen, the power of the gospel applies to tomorrow, to the next day, the next week, the next month, and the next year. It applies to this very moment. The power of the cross and the power of the resurrection isn't just for Easter, it's for every day. And I want you to know I don't want to live a single moment outside that power. I have tried over and over many times in my life, and I want you to know that every time I've tried, I have failed miserably. And some of you are trying to live the Christian life this morning, or you've been trying it in the past, you've been trying to do it in your own strength, and you're just, you're failing miserably. You feel like your Christian life, your life in Christ is nothing more than just a bunch of starts and stops and failed attempts. Listen, you need to know you cannot live the Christian life outside the power of the gospel. You cannot have victory over temptation and victory over sin apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that's one of the reasons why Jesus Christ died for the church and why God gave us each other is because he knew that we would need friends to come alongside of us. Something like this, something like Westridge, where people can come alongside of you and to lift your arms when you're weary to encourage you when you feel like you're failing. Listen, it's a battle that was not meant to be fought alone, and we want to come alongside of you and help you. And so if you do remember that moment where, where yes, God made me a new creation, I remember that moment, but man, Brian, I, I have slipped. I have fallen. I am struggling. I'm just, I just barely crawled in here this morning. Some of you go, what, what do I do? Because I, just, I don't want to be just an Easter-only Christian confronted once again and walking out of here where there's no change. 
How can I start over? How can, how can things continue to be made new in my life? You just confess your sins to God. And you receive his forgiveness. And then you start relying on his power instead of relying on your own. Listen, I want you to know, Christian, if you, I mean, you're struggling. God's grace continues to be extended to us. Being made new is not a one-time act. It just continues on and on and on. And then there's another group of you in here this morning. When you look in the mirror right now, all you feel is trapped by your current life of sin or this past that you somehow you feel just defines you. And you are spiritually lost and you are separated from God and you know it. And up until the moment that you walked into this building, you have just felt hopeless. And you have tried over and over and over in your own strength to make things better for yourself, to try to fix yourself. But like this woman, you have lost all hope in a new beginning. Listen, Jesus Christ took all of this and more on himself when he went to the cross. He paid the price for your sin. The guilt and the shame that you feel about your sin. I want you to know that God took all of it. And when Jesus went to the cross, God took it and threw it upon him. He placed it hard upon him. The wrath that God has towards your sin, the wrath that God has towards all of our sin, he took it and he threw it upon Jesus when Jesus was on the cross and Jesus paid for all of it. He paid the whole thing. 1 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, the cross paved the way for you to have victory over the consequences of sin. It created a way for things to be made right between us and God. However, and don't miss this, three days later when Jesus came up out of the grave, he conquered death. And because of the cross and the resurrection, sin and death have lost their power over us. They have been defeated. And for some of you, you, you're like this woman. You're like this woman. You need to receive God's grace through faith alone in Jesus. You need to receive God's offer of salvation, God's offer of eternal life. You need to drink from the very same source of living water that Jesus Christ offered to this woman. Because I want you to know that at the very moment that you do, through God's power, you will be made a new creation. All things will be made new. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are today because I want you to know that God's grace is available to all. To all. The Apostle Paul, he goes on into chapter 6, and I want you to hear this. He says, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, and then he quotes Isaiah, he says, in a favorable time, I listen to you. And in a day of salvation, I've helped you. And behold, he says, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Listen, this morning is the day of salvation. And Jesus Christ is offering to all of you, he is offering to you the very same thing that he offered the woman at the well. He's offering an opportunity to be a new creation. He is offering you living water, an opportunity for all things to be made new. And the choice is yours this morning. Let's pray. For those of you that have walked into this place this morning and you realize all things have been made new and you know, I mean, 
we still battle, we still struggle, I mean, with our sin, with the world throwing things against us, and even with just our flesh. We come in here this morning celebrating that all things have been made new. And because of the gospel, all things continue to be made new. We continue to be a work work in progress. God is continuing to recreate us every single day. It's an ongoing process of conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. But we're here this morning to celebrate. Celebrate the fact that the same power that allowed Jesus Christ to come up out of the grave lives inside of us. And because of that, we have hope. We have victory. Even though life is difficult and we struggle and we go through trials, we belong to Jesus. We are his creations. And we're ambassadors. We're ministers of reconciliation. For some of you, you walked in here today and, and you, uh, you're struggling. This isn't an issue for you of salvation. You remember that moment. Sitting here today, God's brought it back. It's as clear as day in your mind. But you're struggling. And your sin is just worn you down. And right now you're just far away from God. God's never left you. You have drifted away from Him. And can I tell you that with arms wide open, He is inviting you. He's inviting you back. Grace continues to be extended to you. You say, what do I do? At this moment, just confess your sins, repent of your sins, and receive God's gift of salvation, of, of, of forgiveness. And then just come back and just say, Lord, I'm going to rely on your power, not my strength. Lord, I've done my strength. It doesn't work. I've done my power. It, it just doesn't cut it. It's not powerful enough. It's not strong enough. Lord, I, I want to walk in your power. I want to walk in your strength. So, Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm here this morning to know, Lord, that grace continues to be extended to me, that the gospel is not just for that one moment, that instantaneous miracle where all things are made new in my life, Lord, because the gospel is for every single day, every moment of my life where things continue to be made new. And Lord, I want that this morning. I want to walk out of here knowing that things are right between us. But then there's a whole other group, and, and, and we've already talked about this, but for some of you, you are lost. You, you are... You're not near from God. You are completely separated from God. Your sin has separated you from God. Listen, Jesus Christ went to a cross and he took your sin so that it would have no power over you any longer and he put it to death. And then he rose from the grave so that you would have hope for eternity, so that you would have power over death, so that you would have hope for a future. And this morning... Jesus Christ offers you that same gift that he gave to that woman of the well, the living water. The living water that allows us to never be thirsty again. He offers you forgiveness. He offers you an opportunity to become a brand new creation for all things to be made new. You feel hopeless this morning? You feel lost? You feel empty? Jesus says, drink from this well. You'll never be thirsty again. If that's who you are, I want you to pray with me. Just say, Lord, at this very moment, I confess with these lips that you are the Son of God. Jesus, you're the Son of God. 
I repent of my sins. I, Lord, I, I'm sorry, Lord, for my sins. I changed my mind about all of it. Lord, I can't, even on my best day, I can't make up for the sin that separates me from you. And so, Lord, I put all of my faith and my trust in what Jesus did for me on the cross as the payment for my sins. And by grace through faith, I received your free gift of salvation. Lord, I ask you to make me a new creation. I ask you to allow all things to be made new in my life. And Lord, don't stop there. Lord, keep making them new. Lord, put me on a journey to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Lord, that's what I want for my life this morning. Lord, like that woman at the well, I receive your free gift of salvation. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for doing something for me that I could never do on my own. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I promise, but would you just slip your hand up and say, that's who I am this morning. All things have just now been made new in my life. I am a brand new creation. Just slip your hand up so I can see you. Thank you for all these hands that are going up all over the place. Listen, I want us to stand this morning because now that we've realized and we've recognized what Jesus Christ has done for us, what we've, 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 we've read the scriptures, we've, we've, we've seen it laid out, we need to celebrate, we need to worship. And all things have truly been made new. Because of that, we are free. We've been liberated from the power of sin power of death. It has no hold over us. We walk out of this place because of the resurrection. We have power in our lives to walk every single day in the victory 